Motown Rundown, yes, the podcast still exists. It's Monday, February 20th, 2023. Somehow we're at the end of February. As the old adage goes, time flies when you don't record a podcast in three weeks. So welcome back to everyone, all the listeners out there, all the hate mail I've been receiving. We're back. We're here to talk about sports. Um, It's been a while. I think we should catch up. It's good to see your guys' faces. Um, we do have a lot to get to today. Uh, as far as Detroit sports are concerned, we will talk Pistons. We will talk Red Wings. We have a trade deadline in the NBA that has come and gone, and we have an NHL trade deadline that we are fast approaching. Um, so we will get to those things, but there are plenty of things to talk about today. The first and most important thing, Trent Bailey, Ryan Collin, it's good to see you guys. What's been going on? Catch me up. I feel like we haven't spoken in years, like we're long lost friends. Coming back, breaking bread. What's what's been no, going on? I mean, I think the real question is why your weekend? Because I've never been more confused yeah. about something in my entire life. My weekend this past weekend was phenomenal. Um, I went to see for the first time ever Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Um, I went and saw him in Kansas City. So I guess I'll break down the story for everyone. Wait, so Silvio was there? Huh? You know who Silvio is? The guy in Sopranos who's in the E Street Band. What's his name? I don't watch the Sopranos. I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea who I'm talking about? Silvio? Yeah. I don't know who Silvio is. I'll look his name up. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Is it you're saying that someone in the E Street band plays Silvio in the Sopranos? Yes. Yeah. Well, you t- I don't know. I don't I didn't know that. I have no idea. I don't watch, watch Sopranos. Good show. Um, yeah, so um, I growing up, my my father, I should say, not someone that I would like we we shared our bonds were all shared through sports. So I'm not going to sit here and say that like my dad and I would sit down and listen to music together and all that jazz. But as you do go through life and you're sitting on in car rides with your parents and, you know, like my mom loves Bob Seger, Donny Osmond, my dad loves Bruce Springsteen. So the the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, like 1975 live album CD that came out is, is I would say, a, a, at the forefront of my childhood as far as music goes. So naturally growing up, I'm a bit of an old soul. I like that kind of, you know, the, the classic rock, the older music. So Bruce Springsteen's always been like one of my guys. My uncle David has comfortably seen Bruce Springsteen like 40 plus times. He's one of those guys that will travel to go see him. He's seen him twice on Broadway at his Broadway show. Um, And so his big thing is it's all about where he's sitting. Like he doesn't care what the venue is, where, what city it's all about the best seat he can find for the best price. So me, when the Bruce Springsteen tickets went on sale, I've never seen him before in my life live. I've always wanted to. When the tickets went on sale, I bought myself a single ticket to see him at little Caesars arena in Detroit. Now the catch is I, since that time have agreed to work the final four in Houston for two weeks. So I will, I will not be, I didn't, I didn't talk about that either. No, we can talk about that in a second. That's awesome. I will not also, be, rats, they won't be there for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Who State, won't be there? Make a run. No. <laughs> uh, I'm saying for the record, next time you are looking at, I don't know, a Bob Seger concert and you buy a ticket for one text me, will you? Cause I'll go. With yes. You. You well, I don't allegedly he's done, but I did, I did see him like four out of the six well, times just, he was at pine knob. Yeah. I'm I'd just love saying, you know what of I mean? Course. Like, of course. I, 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 did I say Bob Seger? I meant Springsteen. You can Springsteen, continue. Yes. Your, 
I bought myself a single ticket because for the price that I paid, which is not important, I didn't think any of my other friends would be able to justify the price. I got a couple of friends that really like Springsteen nonetheless. So I'll actually be gone. So I'm going to have to sell that ticket. Um, but my uncle David, who I, I can't thank him enough, gave me a call when the Springsteen tickets went on sale. And he goes, dude, he goes, I'm, I'm going to wait these tickets out and I'm going to find the best seats I can at the best price. I can't tell you where it is or when it's going to be. But when I find the date, I'm going to give you a call. Your ticket's paid for, your hotel's paid for, just get yourself out there and do it. So he gave me the call X amount of months ago, Kansas City, Missouri on uh, February 18th, I think was the date, right? Sounds about right. Um, and I was like, no brainer, bought the flight. So I flew out to Kansas City Saturday morning. I flew back home to Detroit Sunday night and I got to see my two cousins um, and my uncle, which was phenomenal because I don't get to see them very often. So it's all about the company, as my uncle David would say, and getting to share. They've seen him. I think my cousin Lindsay's seen him four times. My cousin Sydney just saw him in Austin two days prior. But to be able to see him with my family like that was incredible. And I, I would have to say, I mean, you know, obviously the, Bruce and the E Street Band are a little bit older these days, but Bruce still has his fastball. And, and the, the problem, not the problem, but he's got such a deep catalog of music that you could probably see – five different set lists and never see every single song that you want to see. So not necessarily the best set list for what my Bruce Springsteen taste is, but I mean, you hear jungle land, you hear born to run dancing in the dark, bad lands, like the list goes on of the great songs that he played, but just to see him live and to experience that was, was truly a dream come true. So an un unbelievable weekend for me, very grateful. Um, and now I'm back here, but that was awesome. And a memory that I'll have forever. And I hope I get a chance to see him again um, before he's all done touring. But I think he's like 75 and he's, I mean, you would, you wouldn't even know. What he's did incredible. he close with, Rabs? What did he close with? Um, uh, I, I'll be seeing you. I'll be seeing you in my dreams. It was acoustic. He just went out there with his guitar and played. I mean, the, the, the thing about, um, the thing about that concert that was different was, there was really no encore. He like brought the, the band was all together on stage. They finished playing one song. They all came, they were all at the front of the stage and they like all got together and like put their arms around each other. But then they went right back to their positions and all the house lights came on and all the house lights came on and they played born to run. And it was, un, it was unbelievable to see like the whole crowd. I have a video of it on my Instagram, but he played like five songs with the lights on and then closed with an acoustic set or one acoustic song, as I said, and, and that was it. So just, I mean, unbelievable. Like it was just, it was incredible and it was great to see my family and Kansas city, uh, no disrespect, not a spot that I would probably travel to ever again. I was <laughs> <laughs> really underwhelmed. You had a great tweet about your airport experience. Oh, I mean, dude, I could, I could, we could make a whole podcast of just like shit that irritates me in the world. But that was like, you know, my airport experience was fine for the most part. And I, you know, I could sit here and talk about it all day long, but no one really cares. But yeah, dude, like the moving walkways in, in the airport for whatever reason exist. I don't, I mean, whatever they're there. Right. And, and I don't know who thought like it was necessary to put, you divide the thing in half. One half says walk, one half says stand. I get that. So in theory, you do have the right to do what you want to do on the moving walkway. But the bottom line is this, the moving walkway goes 
40% slower than the average walking speed. So any schmuck that goes on that thing and stands, like it just, it logically doesn't make any sense. Just continue. You don't have to use the walkway. I always use the, it's like hitting the speed boost in Mario Kart. Like it's hitting the strip. So every time I get a chance to, I use the walkway. But if I'm going to use the walkway, everyone else in the, uses the walkway needs to be in some kind of social contract agreement that we will all walk at the same pace and everyone moves quicker. It's quicker than walking. It just is. But if you're going to stand on it and take up room as I'm trying to drag my bag through there, you're an asshole. And I don't think you should be allowed to fly because those people (laughs) clearly are, I mean, objectively, like I've never, I don't know anyone in my life that stands still on the, on the moving walkway, the moving walkway, they stand still. It's not, it's, it's a double not a way. It's a walkway. So that was ridiculous. Um, but Ryan Collins, you were also gone this weekend. What were you doing with the fellas? I was in Madison visiting my buddy, Rob and my buddy, Benji. So it was a good How time. Was that? What is the scoop on Madison? I've heard mixture. I've heard great college town. My friend that goes to uh, Wisconsin law school says that the town sucks. I don't know. Well, that's a crazy take. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. That, Unbelievable. That actually is. It's a really cool. Well, it's kind of like. I don't want to say it's kind of like Lansing because it's clo- the capital and the campus are a lot closer together than Lansing and East Lansing are. Um, but there is like a distinct type of like cutoff, I would say, in the downtown. You're still probably going to deal with college kids as it's walkable. You know what I mean? Perhaps. Yep. But um, it's sweet. It would be a sweet place for college. I went to the MSU hockey game on Friday night. That was cool to see the boys play well. Um, Pole Center was cool building. Um, I, I know it's, we went, it's one of those cities though. I feel like it really depends what time of year you go. Like if you went there in the summer, I think it would be like a top 10 city in like in America because it's on the lake literally. So it, it was freezing cold, but it was, I mean, if you like to do what I like to do, which is drink, watch sports, hang out, like do stuff like that. It's a great city. A lot of beer, a lot of cheese dirts. It was a great weekend. Trent, <laughs> what'd you do this weekend? Uh, this, <laughs> this weekend, I uh, I don't know. My family went down to Nashville to visit Miles. Miles had his first paid, like, three-hour gig at this wow. this cool little hole-in-the-wall place on Broadway. So he did that. Uh, and Brock and I just watched college basketball and gambled our hearts out. It was fun. I, I, so you guys way, did not go to Nashville? No. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm moving there soon, but I'm just – I no, I opted That's to right. stay this time. But I, I will say this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there right now because I'm going to give updates on this as we as we go through March Madness. Brock does this thing, and, and it sounds psychotic, but it's 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 really electric if you dive into it. And Collins, I think you would you would appreciate this. He gambles on every single conference tournament game, every single one. So there, it's, it's like there. it's like 400 some games, and you you put wait every single one, every single one. So you you, and Wait, you just, what do you mean every single one? You bet you pick a bet you either bet the line, the money line, you pick up anything, and you bet is he a like dollar. setting like parlays each day for these things, or is he going individual bets on each of these? Well, so that I don't know, but I know there is there is an there is a bet placed on every game. Like I don't know if it's parlays or not. I'll get back to you on that, but I'm doing oh, it with this year. How? Huh? No, it's it starts on I forget when conference tournaments it starts, starts next week, I believe. Next, next week, Monday, I think, is when the yes. first conference tournaments begin. So that's gonna be great. Brock's an absolute college basketball nut. 
I mean, I am to an extent just from like living with them and stuff, but I don't know. I'm pumped. I'm fired up. It's that time of year where seasonal depression starts to fizzle out. You know, you start to get like, I, I say that even though we had depression a is not funny. I don't mean, I wasn't laughing at that. No, no, it starts to fizzle on out. And it's like, you know, you, you don't, you, you, the sun comes out a little bit. It gets up to like the mid forties and you're feeling amazing. And then college basketball just goes hand in hand with that. It's a beautiful thing. Every year, words can't describe. I'm fired up. I love college hoops. It's it's arguably my favorite sport. And like just in general, people I probably like football more. Yeah. But like college hoops, just in general, I just love it. I love everything about it. It's just it's just, it, all the nuances are really funny and stuff. Um who did you gamble on on Saturday, Trent? Gosh, dude, I couldn't tell. You I had money, I had money all sure. over. I had money all over Tennessee. They absolutely blew it. I had money all over Michigan State. Blew it. I had money. Let's. I let's can't believe Kobe Buffkin hit that shot. That was incredible. It was. It was a great shot. Oh, you know what? My big win of the day. I will say this was when Indiana went down nine to Illinois. I I took Indiana live, and they ended up winning. That was that was. Bro, fun. I, I was, mean, that was the noon game. I thought I was off to a hot start. And yeah, I was Illinois is really weird. The Big Ten this year is very very weird because it's like. I actually think Indiana is better than Purdue. Like, I, yeah, I think so too. They have the better player. I think Purdue's in one of the conference. I think Indiana's probably the only team in the Big Ten that could probably go to the Final Four. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is just better than Zach Eady, straight up. Just better. I don't know about that. I just think I I like Indiana's guards a little bit more and their wins. I, I mean, Purdue is literally all Eady. Their team yeah, is no, all the, Eady. Exactly. Like Eady doesn't have a good game. They're losing the tournament. And even and the sometimes pro- and the thing about have- it, he hasn't had a bad game. So it's yeah. kind of hard to say that, but right. And he's going to win national that- player of the year and shit. So yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is, but I, By the I way, love- even Purdue fans are maybe the most annoying fans ever about anything. Yeah. Cause they haven't won any, they have no leg to stand on ever. And they it's always crazy. Like I get that your, your state loves like basketball, know your place. Well, I, I, Indiana, yeah. you haven't won anything since like 2002. I don't need to hear <laughs> like, it's like, Oh, this like, it's awesome watching assembly hall buzz like that, but they had to like, I mean, when's I think they went to sweet 16. When was that? The Yogi Farrell year 2015. I think it was a year state lost to middle Tennessee. Am I right about that? Sounds right. Yeah. Yogi Yogi Kentucky, I think that's like the last good moment they had. It's they've barely, Trish Jetson Davis has been fantastic. I've been the biggest like TJD hater ever. I just just know your place. If you guys make a long run in college, bet like long run this year, have another good year next year, then I'll be like, oh, you guys are back. I, I just hate people jumping the gun. They look awesome though. I think they're probably the best team in the Big Ten. No one I, gets the boys going like Mike Woodson. I hate Michigan State's basketball team. I mean, I I, I like the players on the team. They all seem like good kids, but I mean for some reason, this is like the worst second half team Izzo's ever had. And they have good guards. Dude, they have I good guards. Yesterday, Brock and I made the mistake of going back and watching Michigan State beating Michigan in the 2019 Big Ten tournament final. And Great like day. on St. Patrick's dude, Day. We on St. Patrick's that day. Never yep. forget it. And I had a Natty Light in studio. That team was just a freshman, but I'm just saying, like, that's how deep that fucking team was, dude. Kenny Goins didn't score a point until, like, the icing free throws of that game. Like, that's how deep that team was. And then you look at this team now, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think the team, 
don't they know. play Indiana tomorrow or tonight as people listen. So hey, they can turn they can turn everything around pretty quickly. I mean, if they win here and I mean, it, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it, it was a really tough circumstances for anything. Like anyone who went to school at Michigan State. Good segue. I'm not going to criticize what happened on Saturday, but they played really well. I think for about 30 minutes. Yeah, time is all set. Just, He's like, I asked for 40 minutes of focus. I got 38, and I'm okay with that. As a, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially what he said. Yeah, was, they yeah. Play, I thought they played really well. I thought offensively that was the best they looked all year in the first half. Probably. I mean, the scoreboard might not have like said that, but like Malik, you finally Malik, got Malik yeah. called back. Um, Hauser, I mean, is probably Michigan State's best player this year. Everyone oh, no. shit on him for four years. He's been great this year. Um, the problem is the guy who needs to stir the, the drink is not doing it right now, and it's Hogard. But I'm not going to put anything to happen in that Michigan game. I mean, they, they should have won that game. They really should have. But, like, I mean, there's a lot of circumstances, obviously, that we're talking about. But I don't know. I love college troops, though. I do. I do suppose that is probably the best segue possible of having to talk about something that's not fun to talk about. Um, and I, I, it's. I think it's important for us to address. I know it's been like I think it's been a week now to the day, perhaps, yep. which uh, this week has absolutely flown by. But anyone that's listened to this podcast, or I guess for those who are not familiar, uh, myself, Trent, and Ryan Collins are all alums of Michigan State University. So. Um, I think it's important for us to talk about what happened with the shooting that happened on campus last week. Um, you know, obviously I, I thought it was important for us three to do this together versus, you know, sometimes, you know, Trent and I will, will go or whatever it is. And I think it was important for all three of us to be together for it. Um, but I mean, I don't even really know where to begin with talking about it. Obviously like to, to call it heartbreaking is, is not doing the the feelings that I have for any justice. And, you know, I, to sit here and, and bring up the cliche of like how heartbroken I am for the families of those affected of the victims. And obviously the, the three Michigan state students that lost their lives just horrifically. Um, the amount of sadness I feel for three people that I've never met but I feel like I know them, which might sound weird to some people and dramatic, but um, that's just how I feel. And I know that there are still, I don't know, four or five people that are fighting for their lives in some capacity. And I know one student that's from uh, an international student was paralyzed from the chest down. Um, but but to, to, to say, you know, thoughts and prayers and condolences and thinking of the families. Like it's just, it's not enough. It'll never be enough. I don't really know what you're supposed to say in those circumstances because nothing that you can say makes it any better or takes away any of the hurt from the people that were truly, truly affected by this. Um, and I don't think that you can look at anyone and like diminish the, the grieving or the sadness that they feel just because they weren't there or, they graduated in X year or, or yada, yada, yada. I mean, the reality is, and I know that not everyone that attended a secondary institution or a university or a college, like we attended Michigan State, I know that not everyone feels connected to their school in the same way that I think the three of us feel connected to Michigan State. And I think the beautiful thing about Michigan State that I would really say separates it from any other school 
and this is me not only having been to one university, but the, the, the family atmosphere and I think the pride and enjoyment that everyone has that went to Michigan State, it's, it really feels like it's unmatched. Like there really is that family atmosphere and like the, the Spartan family and bloodline runs so deep that, that myself as a graduate of the year 2020 who rooted for the, the, the team down the road and the University of Michigan for my whole life, who is now I consider myself a lifelong Spartan, like it was it was horrible. To, to have to sit through the news broadcast and watch this all unfold. Um, you know, I know that we all probably have friends that still go there. I have a couple friends that are still in school there that I had to check on. My little brother is a freshman at Michigan State. Um, he was actually in Berkey Hall until 650 that night. So you can imagine that it was it was just the the thoughts that were racing through my head and my own, I'm sure my mom and dad of just like thinking what could have been and how lucky he was and we were that he wasn't in that spot. And I don't know, I don't mean to make this a religious thing, but you know, if you believe in a higher power up there, which I do, you know, something, something or someone was looking down on my brother that day to get him out of there and get him back to his dorm safely. But just, just, like hearing it all unfold. And I think the scariest thing for me was that I, I think I got a text from, or my mom had brought up when I got home from wherever I was, that there was a alert that went out that there was a shooting on campus. And we've, we've all gotten those MSU alerts before from the police of like, you know, there's been a stabbing or there's a fight robbery. Or, or a robbery or like we've, we've seen those things before and I'm sure they happen on every college campus. So when I first heard it, I didn't think much of it. And I had told my mom, like it, it, ha- it happens. It's, you know, just probably some kids that don't go to school there or something or they're messing around and whatnot. And then as you know, texts are coming through my phone and I'm on Twitter and like, okay, this is serious. Like this is happening. And so many conflicting reports of like, you know, the first thing I saw was that like 14 people were shot, 11 people were dead. And then, you know, the shots were fired at Berkey Hall, then the Union, then Phillips Hall, then at IM East. Then I was on Twitter and I see some tweet about there's a guy with a long gun in the parking lot at Armstrong Hall, which is where my brother lives. And I've got, you know, one of my one of my best friend's girlfriends is in class at Bessie Hall. And so it's like, all these things and all this uncertainty and then to like be watching the news. I don't, I don't watch the news for this reason. Cause it's all just negative shit all the time. But you know, to then you hear on the news for the, like the, the suspects at large, there's four shooters, like all these things. And just to not know and to see these videos and this footage of my home, like my second home in the campus that I spent four years on and to like hear these pieces put together, like I'm sure you guys feel the same. Like I, I was almost living it. Like I was almost like I felt like I was on campus watching it happen, like watching this shooter or what I thought were shooters move about the campus and like who knows what kind of weapon he had. And so just a terrifying, scary night. And I'm very, very lucky and feel very blessed that my brother came out OK. And I, my, I am crushed that this that three victims were taken and more were injured because no, it's ridiculous that this stuff happens. It's ridiculous. And and I know, you know, everyone wants to bark about change and I don't know what the answer is. And I wish I did. I don't have an answer. 
I don't have an answer, and I'm a big everything happens for a reason guy. And these are the moments where I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that I question my faith, but I really do have to think long and hard. And it, it, it keeps me up at night thinking, what was the reason for this stuff happening? And I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever really understand and know. And I don't know if there even is a reason, which is sad to say. Um, but just a, a heartbreaking day for the university and for the students there and the alumni. And all I can think about is that my brother went back to school today and I don't know how you go back on that campus right away, man. I really don't. I don't like, I don't know how you walk around there and especially near, you know, Berkey and the union. And like, I don't, I just don't know how, I don't know how anyone does it. And I, I give those kids that are on campus today a lot of credit and I'm thinking about all of them. And I, you know, there is a, there's a part of me that like wishes I was up there to like be there for other people. Um, and I, what I do know is that, you know, this school and these students have been through, I mean, everything from, you know, the Nasser stuff to the COVID that obviously is a worldwide thing, but then this shooting, it's like, I'm, you know, I was in, like I said, I was in Kansas city this weekend and I'm getting on planes and walking about like, just walking around and I'm wearing a Michigan state hat and, you know, people were like, Oh, like, you know, did you go to school there? Like, you know, whatever, asking questions and offering their condolences. And I'm so sorry. And I appreciate all of it, but it's fucking bullshit that, that this is what my home, like, this is what people think about Michigan state now, like Michigan state will always have this attached to the school because some fuckhead, I don't, for lack of a better term, and I apologize for the language that I'm using, decided to do what he did. And I'm glad he's dead. I really am. And I think a lot of times in those situations that we, and I too personally wish I had that closure of like wanting to know why he did what he did. And I don't think we ever will know. And it's super unfortunate, but I'm glad that he no longer gets to walk on this earth because he doesn't deserve to. And, you know, I, I, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And like I said, I think the toughest thing is that you know, it's such a beautiful campus and a beautiful school and the student body's unbelievable and the community of East Lansing and the community of Michigan State and the Spartan community is it's I owe my life to what that school gave me. And and now this is like Michigan State's in that conversation of all these other schools and places that have had these tragedies happen. And it makes me sick. And it, to, to think that how many times have we gone to class in our, in our college careers where you're sitting in a lecture hall and you're half asleep and you're on your phone and, you know, you wish you could be somewhere else and you're, you know, you're pissed off that you're in there and you're tired as shit. And, and the last thing you expect is to have to worry about your life when you're in those places, because it's supposed to be a safe place to learn and to grow and to develop friendships and make memories. And it's unfortunate that one individual decided to, take away a lot of innocence from a lot of people. And the three people that were killed, the three students that were killed in all of this, um, were just kids that were going to class. Like they have been every Monday for the last God knows how long. And so my heart breaks for them. And, you know, I obviously want you guys to chip in here with your thoughts. I think it's important. And I'm sorry that we have to talk about this on this podcast, but it means a whole hell of a lot to us. So that's what we're going to do. Um, yeah, I mean, Rebs, I mean, I couldn't imagine what your family was going through with stuff like that. And like you said, I mean, we're not that far removed from that place, so we know a bunch of people up there still. 
I just a ton. Um, and like you said, it's just it fucking sucks that a bunch of these kids get have to go to state and I only have positive memories of that place. Like, and, and that they have to walk by buildings like the Union and, and Berkey and have, like, fear and, and, and trauma. When I, my memory of those places before what happened on Monday is, fuck, this ISB class is impossible in Berkey. This shit sucks. Yeah. And, and, and you bitch and moan about it, but after that, you, you, you kind of laugh about it, and it's kind of like a good memory. And now it, it's just, I mean, what's it called? I mean, my family tailgates, I think, about 25 feet from yeah. Berkey Hall. Yep. Every single week. I mean, I don't know. It's I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what the solution is. It's just, it just rips your heart out. And for it to have an Michigan State, which is – Probably like my favorite place in the world. East Lansing is my favorite place in the world. And people will be like, oh, there's, you just don't. And I think Rav's put it in a very good way. This, the thing that makes Michigan State so special, I don't want to say it's like a cult, but the, like, once you get, there's something about like the first, after that first month in East Lansing, it's just, there's not a, if you're a Spartan, it's just, everyone has common ground. There's not a whole lot of like, I'm better than you. You are better than that. You know what I mean? It's just like everyone kind of is just on the same level. They and, and people have their own like niches, their own groups, and, and they just have a good time. And I don't know. It just it fucking sucks. And it, like you said, Rabs, um, that Monday night was awful. That was legit awful. And I can't imagine what those people in that area because. The thing that is the scariest part, that guy was out for three hours. Yeah. And, and already took away three lives and affected, I think, hundreds of people's lives forever who were in those buildings. Um. So it was terrifying. And I I, I don't know. I don't know what words to say because it's, it, it's so close to home for all of us. And. I think the response by the university and by the people, I'm actually happy they went back to class today. And, and, and I, like you said, Raps, I don't know how I would feel about doing it in the time, but I do think going back to some sense of normalcy is good. And, and we'll see how, I mean, it's going to be a long process. Like, this isn't just like it happened, whatever, we're moving on. So um, I hope they find a way to honor it the victims in a really cool way that honors their memory because they seemed like three people that were very motivated and looked like they had big things about to happen in their life and they were cut short because senseless tragedy. So I don't know. I don't know how we fix this, but it sucks that it happened in Michigan state. But the sad thing about it is this won't be the last one because like you said, Rabs, I mean, it's been going on since we were what in sixth grade since Sandy Hook, I mean, I know I know Columbine happened, but ever since Sandy Hook, I feel like this has just continued to happen. And I mean, it happened at Oxford. I mean, I work in Oxford, and I I see Oxford strong shirts every day. Still, still, and you're gonna and, see you're gonna see Spartan strong shirts every day for the rest of you know, and that's and five that's to like, ten years, I would say. Yeah, and you guys, you know, you guys both have a great way of words. You put that perfectly. I just want to offer this perspective real quick because I'm going through some things with my health, and it's like you always want 
you think about it every like it's never going to happen to me. Something's never going to happen to me. X, Y, Z. You know, I'm never going to get this disease. I'm never going to face this trauma. I'm never going to, you know, you see a shooting every single day, but it's never. And then it does happen like close to home. It literally happens. Like Colin said, at your favorite place on the planet. And like Rab said, the place that you owe everything to, it happens there while we still have people uh, that we know and love that are like walking around in those buildings. So, I mean, that that's where it just like it's the culture shock of just like this is just real life. And you really do have to wake up every single day. And whether you do believe in a higher power or not, you got to be grateful that you are doing whatever you're doing. And you got to just. I mean, take each day as it comes, but yeah, something like this happens and it has to be a wake up call. I will say this, uh, Collins, you probably feel this even more than I do, but like when that happened, um, I mean, every time I see the Spartan logo now, it's like, I just, I'm, I feel like uplifted and it's like, I, I see it everywhere. I guess what I'm saying. I see, like, cause all the apparel I have, all the shit in my room and I'm sure like Collins is probably overload for you at your house. Every time you see that logo, it's just like. You know, that's awesome. Spartan strong. And that's where I just come back to like this, this community and what everyone's been able to do. It's been amazing. I saw they did some Spartan Sunday thing yesterday. You could walk the red cedar and there's all sorts of support. Um, so I'm just really encouraged by how the communities come together like this. And it really, you know, the last thing I'll say is this, is it really sucks that it sometimes takes tra more than oftentimes, I would say it takes tragedy and it takes sadness and it takes horrible, horrible things to bring people together. It shouldn't be that way. We should be able to be grateful and appreciate everyone and hug our loved ones and tell everyone, you know, how much we appreciate them without something horrible happening. And I guess that's where I would just encourage everybody every single day, no matter what it is, you know, and I know this just sounds like some bullshit, you know, spiel, but it, 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 like Colin said, it happens close to home and it just changes your whole perspective on things. So, you know, like Rab said, our hearts, and thoughts and whatever go out to all these people that are still struggling with this shout out to all the students and faculty that went back to the to the campus today i too am very 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 glad they were able to go back and you know everyone deals with grief in different ways so do what you got to do but um you know just know that the Motown rundown for what it's worth we are we are with you in spirit yep absolutely well said both of you guys uh, i mean last thing i want to say though like Trent, you said like you were surprised, but not surprised. You said you were so happy to see like the support. Like the first thing that was like the one thing I wasn't worried about because, like yeah. Brad said so willingly, I mean, it's just there's just something different about being from Michigan State. I don't know how to describe it, and I'm not trying to put down other universities. I just think it's it's different. It just and, and people be like, "Oh, you're biased. You went to this school." It's just. I don't think it's like this at every other university. I just don't. I truly don't. It's a special place. So. Yep. Well said. Um, yeah. That's that. I'm glad we got to do it. I know it sucks, but we had to talk about it. Um, so I guess moving on to try to salvage this episode here. I know we want to talk about our Detroit stuff, which we have to. Should we talk about the Super Bowl for a second? No. Okay, then we won't. Sure. What's it called? Other than Rihanna, I mean, I'll work, I'll work some Super Bowl into the trifecta. How's okay, that? Uh, that okay. If all right, you can do. I that. like that. What's That's it fine. called? Mahomes is awesome. Period. He is great. He's the best. 
He's the best. God, Can we talk he's, about he's like started, the Pistons, he started doing like, that point at the end, like waiting for the flag, and I'm just like, God, like that. That just reminds me of some shit Rogers does. Just well, point. now that's the thing. Now, I mean, I have come to terms with the fact that Patrick Mahomes is the best. I mean, he's been the best quarterback in the league. He probably is like the best quarterback. I mean, he's got to win some more because I know Brady's got the rings, but he is an incredible. He is incredible. But now I'm like complete like Patrick Mahomes villain like this is villain why he's a nice I like Mahomes yeah I don't I don't dislike him but like now I'm over it like this is like again like the Patriots the Patriots ran their course the Chiefs are now running their course like I've seen him do it been there done that it's time for someone else to be in the mix but if we're gonna talk dynasty here three makes a dynasty so let's see what you can do I'm sure they'll get another one so unless you're the bad boys that still counts bad boys are a dynasty <laughs> I'll, I'll die on that hill <laughs> that's fair but yeah what well, we can work in the Super Bowl stuff into the trifecta I suppose so yeah what's um, it called can we talk about the Pistons though dude, I'm wearing my piston sweatshirt for all those people out there that think I don't like the Pistons I'm wearing my piston sweatshirt at a boy so um, go ahead you guys go ahead Trent on a scale of one to ten what do you think of the Sadiq Sadiq Bay trade I'm I, ten, I'm, ten being I love it, and one being like fire Troy Weaver into the sun. I have to give a little context before I answer that question. I will answer your question, but I real I, before without boring the people. My job right now, I work at an elementary school. I am a roving substitute teacher, so I just every single day I'm in a different classroom. I happen to be teaching art on the day when this particular trade went down. Sadiq Bay to the Hawks in a part of a four-team deal where all the Pistons get back is James Wiseman. Collins, I fell to my knees. I dropped to my <laughs> knees in front, of a, in front of a bunch of kids who were just trying Mr. to use Bally their oil. Had a heart attack. Mr. Valley, what happened? I was also in a fourth-grade classroom when Tom Brady retired. I made everyone freak out, but that's that's a different story. I, I dropped to my knees. I was so disappointed. I still am. I mean, I'm over it now. Like, like relatively speaking, it's been a couple weeks now. I've had time to process things. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give James Wiseman a chance. He had a pretty nice debut with just one practice under his belt right before the All-Star break. So that's nice. But Collins, I hated it. Scale of 1 to 10, like 10, eject Troy Weaver into the sun. By the way, remember when I said Troy Weaver? Remember when I just like haphazardly, like stupid knee-jerk reaction said he was the best GM in the city? I think that's since, I think since that moment, I like put a <laughs> I put a hex on the guy or something. And I, I hated the deal, Collins. Like eight, eight out of ten hate. You can you can take it from here because I got to take a drink of water. I'm hot. Trent, can I say this? I want because I, I know you watch the Pistons enough, and weirdly, this has probably been. Uh, I mean, I w- probably every year watch the Pistons more than the average person because I just love the Pistons. Um, this year, for some reason, my gym actually has Bally Sports Detroit on the TV, unlike my last several gyms that was brutal places of business. It was literally – I would ask every single place, hey, can you please put on Bally Sports Detroit? And we're like, I don't know if we have that. And I'm like <laughs> – I would lose my mind. And then I also had YouTube TV, so I'm like going through sketchy streams to watch the Pistons. So this year I've had a clearer way of watching the Pistons. And I will just say this. Sadiq Bay is not that good. He really okay. isn't that good. And so, but Trent and I'll I, let you finish. go ahead, go ahead. I do not like who they got back. I don't understand why. That's what it is could, for me, Collins. That's what it is for me. It's the return. The return makes no sense. But yeah, go it, ahead. And 
I think the return on a different franchise maybe made sense. Maybe if you're like the Magic or someone else who needs a big and you have like a flexible win, like, yeah, I get it. It made zero sense what the Pistons are doing with bringing in Wiseman for Sadiq. Just Sadiq, like, good or bad, like, he's solid. He's a solid player who I think could probably be a seventh or eighth man on a playoff team. Wouldn't you agree with that, Trent? Maybe yeah, sure. Yeah, may, yeah. May overqualified at that point. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, he's a playable player. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just he like the people acting like his value, him for Wiseman's a crazy thing. I don't think that's crazy. I just think it makes zero sense. I have no idea what the Pistons are doing. Because Wiseman is the guy who needs to play. And, and needs to develop, and I don't know if I want him to need to play that much. Like you have Jalen Duran, you have Isaiah Stewart. Like these are the guys you've already like kind of let develop. And people will be like Stewart play a little bit more for, which I actually think is better for the Pistons when they play Stewart and Duran together. I think it helps them on the glass a little bit, which they get killed on it's way too much. Um, but I just don't get the Wiseman piece of it, but. People acting like Sadiq Bey is, this was two years ago. It's not. He really hasn't, like, shot the ball well. He really so, hasn't. And, and he I, has not. He has not at all. The and he tries on defense, but he's not, like, a lockdown guy. I actually think he creates a little bit more than people realize. Like, he has a little bit more to his game than people realize. But I, I, I don't hate parting with him. I just don't understand the return. But people acting like, Sadiq was this huge – I don't think I've watched the Pistons in the last two years. He's really struggled to shoot the ball. This year he's been rough, and that's that's the thing is he's now in year three. For his career, he's 14.5 points a game, five rebounds, two assists on 40% from the field. Solid. The problem is that's literally what he walked in the door and did, made the all-rookie first team as a rookie, and hasn't gotten any better. Okay, so then, uh, so, so fine, right? Because Collins, you and I are in lockstep, and that like he could be the sixth or seventh man on a really good championship team. Pistons don't have that, so then you're like, okay, great, we're gonna rebuild. You know, we're 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 and we've been rebuilding. I get it, but you finally you're, you're like, okay, what do we get in return? We got James Wiseman. Like that to me makes no sense. You already have Jalen Duran, who you hit a home run on. It seems like. You have Isaiah Bagley too. That's another thing. You have Bagley. You have Boyan Bogdanovich. And it also just reminds me, like I was talking with my brother the other day about how like the Pistons were literally the last team. They were team number 30 to adapt to the new basketball that the Warriors changed in 2015. Like we were building around Andre Drummond until 2020. Like that is when we finally decided hey, we should probably get some shooters, draft a point guard, get a ball handler, that sort of thing, instead of building around, you know, this big man. And now you've got, you bring in Wiseman. Like, and I'll give Wiseman a chance, but I'm just, logically, it doesn't make sense. And Collins, here's the kicker for me, especially when the prize possession in this upcoming draft is a seven foot four French set. Like, what what is the end goal in Troy Weaver's mind? Is he basically saying, hey, we're going to try to win some games when we're not? going to be in the top three picking this year or is he saying like I I, I just is, is Stewart on the move now like I don't understand at all what's going on I will say this for what it's worth I think the one this Pistons team is at its best and Collins I think you would agree with me I think when this Pistons team is ready to compete Isaiah Stewart's not in the starting lineup so that's fine no. if you want to go Wiseman next to Duran but it almost just seems like they're the same player they literally came from the same program Memphis 
So like, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't get the return. I don't so much have a problem getting rid of Sadiq Bay. I'm with you there because he's struggled this year. I did like him. He's a Villanova player. He plays the right way. I like Sadiq. I think he's pretty good. I'm just saying. You got to get rid of him fine, but you just, you, you didn't even bring back like guys, they didn't even get like a second round pick back. Like nothing. No, you I, got I, try, James I, I, I don't think I phrased my argument. I do think if we took away the teams, this is legit a fair trade. Oh, I think it's a fair trade too, but I don't, for what the Pistons are doing. No. Yes. It doesn't make sense. And the thing about it, I actually kind of, if you watch Wiseman, his rookie year before he got injured, you're like, oh, he can do some things offensively that I didn't think he could, but and, and he's a guy. If you've watched Warriors this year, while he's in, he tries, and that and, and people will be like, he's a pro- professional athlete. He should be trying. That's hard. I mean, there's some guys in the NBA that kind of mail it in. So, I mean, it's nice to see a big who like will play hard and do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, I just I I don't know if he has the minutes. I just I I really don't know. If he, or, or if we're gonna be able to give him the minutes he needs, because he needs to work for some stuff, because he hasn't played any basketball basically since his senior year of high school. I think he's played like fifty games since his first year at Memphis, something crazy like that. Yeah, that's it. And like all the people in the Warriors organization, like yeah, I, I say all the people. I've heard like two guys come out and say, but Draymond comes out and is like, "This is awesome for James Wiseman and the Pistons." Like James Wiseman. Just needs to play. He's a baller. He'll be fine. He just needs to play. This is good. This is good for the Pistons. And it's like, okay, I'll give him the chance. I just like, I didn't understand it. And and at some point, I feel like Rabs talking about the Tigers prospects. Like, I just want. I would rather have Sadiq on the team than James Wise. But at the same time, I agree. That's a double-edged sword because it's like Wiseman was factually picked number two overall in that draft and hasn't played that much. So if by some grace of God, like, what if he is awesome? I don't know. We we got to give him that chance, but just on on the surface level, when you have Isaiah Stewart, you have Jalen Duran, you bring in Wiseman, and then you say you hit the lottery this year. You're drafting Wembyamos. Like, I that's too many front court players for this. Mo- like, no one plays that many bigs these days. It doesn't happen. I I do think this means though, either Bagley or or Stewart's gonna be gone after this year. Yeah. And by the way, I I still don't understand the Marvin Bagley contract is maybe one of the weirdest contracts I've ever seen. Well, it looks even worse because he got hurt, right? No, but still, it it made he was good last year, the last like twenty five games of the year. But like, Xavier Simpson was starting games for the Oklahoma City Thunder the last twenty five games of the year last year. A lot of stats and a lot of things can be overlooked. I I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, The thing about it is, it sounds like. From every indication, the Pistons are going to be very active this offseason. They've basically gone out and said that like multiple times. Yeah. And I that's just... why they didn't trade Bojan. And that's why they didn't trade Alec Burks. That they're like, hey, I've been pro. They basically, both those guys went out and said, we've been promised that they're going to be very active in free agency. They're going to make some moves. We have all these young players. Kate will be back. So I, I'm very interested to see what they do because right now I have no idea what their direction is. Other than Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran, who that's a nice little three young guy core. I think Ivy's got a lot of improving. I think Duran is like good now. Like he's good. If he can improve, he can become a really, really big asset. And I think Cade's going to be a special player. But other than that, I don't know what the fuck they're doing around the edges. So we'll see. 
Yeah, and like my last thoughts, Sadiq was a guy that I just I assumed was going to be here for the long haul. I know he was struggling this year, but that's just a guy that I was like, I mean, you guys know I beat the drum for him the last three years because I think he was a great pick and great value. I, what was he it? was 17, a great pick. He's a good player. Yeah, like I, he just in that draft, I was just so fired up that you were able to get like a guy like that. So I say late, but you know, you know how the NBA draft goes after 10, 12, like you're not really seeing many long-term productive players anymore. It's weird, but I don't know. We'll see the direction, but Collins, you mentioned one thing that I just real quick want to emphasize. It's like this whole season is just, what's the word? Handicapped by the fact that Cade Cunningham got hurt. It just sucks that Cade got hurt. Like, I wish we could watch Cade a little bit, watch him and Ivy together a little bit more, maybe see what Killian's role actually is going to look like in a couple of years, not just, oh yeah, Cade's hurt, so you can trot out there every night. Like, I don't know. I hope they're active in free agency. I'll believe it when I see it. And uh, The thing about know. it is, like, the free agency class isn't good, so I don't understand... And I liked I like Burks and I like Bojan if the young players are going to take a step. So I'm assuming there's going to be some trades on that line. By the way, Wiseman, if they pick up his option next year, it's like $12 million. And I know the Cavs and go up in the NBA. That's like a lot of money for a guy who's not really played. So, uh, And I think a lot of this was because I don't think the Pistons were going to pay Sadiq. And I'm not, Sadiq wasn't going to get a ton of money, but he would probably get what, like four for 50, Trent, wouldn't you say? Yeah, something like that. And maybe he could make more on the open. Maybe he'd leave anyways. So maybe he just yeah. let him burn. I, yeah, I get it. I don't I, know. We'll see. I don't know. We didn't stop talking about the Pistons because they're uninteresting, but they're not I just, uninteresting. I will say that, but I'm just saying they are, they're just so bad. It's hard to talk about them for more than 20 minutes. Yeah, I haven't been this down on the Pistons in a very long time. But, hey, I'm a positive guy. I think everything's going to be If they get Wimby, it changes. So this will all be worth it. Yep. Welcome to the uh, bottom of the barrel of Pistons fandom. It's nice to have you guys. Thank you. Um. All right, let's talk wings. Let's talk some wings. Red wings. Red wings. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The, with taking some time off from the pod, the my thoughts on this team have changed quite a bit. Um, the important thing to note here, if you haven't been following the Wings in their last ten games, the Red Wings are seven and three. And I want to start by saying, I told you guys two to three years ago that 2023 was going to be the year that this team got back to the playoffs, and. There have been points in this season where I've been like, absolutely, they're getting in. There have been points where I've been like, they got no chance. Now what we're looking at here is a team that's played 55 games, has 60 points, and right now are currently four points out of a wild card spot um, below a team that has played five more games than they have. So um, I think it's important for us to analyze several things with this team. Number one, where are we at now? Um, number two, there's some contracts that we need to talk about. And number three, the trade deadline's coming up on March 3rd. So first and foremost, um, this has been a very hot and cold team this year. They're they're inc- incredibly streaky. Um, and that's, you know, again, the last 10 games, they're seven and three. Um, the opposite has been true at some stretches during this season. And a team that's had several injuries and has had to kind of put some band-aids on bullet holes. And in, you know, you, you, as the year goes on, you get Robbie Fabry back. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi has been in and out of the lineup and he's obviously now back at 
but seems like full health. Now you're missing Lucas Raymond. Um, you know, the Jacob Vrana situa- situation, Philip Zadina was gone for some time. Um, Jake Wallman was hurt to start the year. So, so it's just been one of those years of, and it's staying healthy in sports is one of the most important things, but it's been an up and down year for many reasons. And now it, it seems like things are starting to come together. Um, as I had, as we had talked about several weeks ago, like once, once these pieces start to come back together, you know, now we're talking about a real team and the, and the situation that you're facing now coming at the trade deadline is, you know, Steve Eiserman has to make that decision of, of what kind of team are the Red Wings. And I think he would probably tell you himself that factually being four spots out of a playoff spot with, with five games underneath the team that you're chasing is a pretty good spot to be. And, you know, you have, I don't know, what's less than 30 games left to play this season. And you really still do have to put together a very, very respectable record down the stretch here because you have some good teams you're chasing. I mean, but, but to look at some, you know, some recent games like Pittsburgh's four five and one in their last 10, Washington's three and seven in their last 10, you play Washington tomorrow night, who's three points ahead of you in the standing. So um, all these games are huge and in this, you know, outside of, I'd probably say, I guess you can say Montreal and Columbus, as far as your Eastern conference is concerned, it's really up for grabs for anyone. Um, I don't think any of the teams above the wings between Buffalo, Washington, Pittsburgh, Florida, and the Islanders scare anyone all that much, all that much. It's just a matter of what the Red Wings are going to do to position themselves at the trade deadline here, because they have some decisions to make. And, you know, in reality, like I'd love to tell you that the Red Wings can definitely get in the playoffs this year. And I, I really do think that they will like Billy Huso has been, been playing very well and this team has kind of turned a corner as far as like, I like the Edmonton game is a perfect example to me of a game that you're up and then you're tied and you're up and you're tied. And like, those are games the Red Wings lose all the time. Um, but one of the most like complete efforts that I've seen this team have in a long time, despite the fact that they got outshot significantly, like being able to grind out a game like that and being relatively tough to play against with, you know, against a team that's got the best player in the world and probably the second best player in the world and McDavid and Dryside. Like those are, I don't know if you can use the term program wins in the in professional sports, but like those are huge wins. So I'd like to think that as we're approaching March 3rd, like obviously number one, the Dylan Larkin deal has to get done. I don't think I, I at well, this Rams, point. I, I think it's funny. Once the noise kind of started happening, oh, are they going to trade him? Is he on the block? The wins kind of said, uh, no, we're not. We're not. I mean, I think Larkin and the rest of the team is like, I don't know, rallied around Larkin or rallied around some other guys on the team, but they've basically been like, fuck you, we're not trading Larkin. This team is going to make the playoffs. That's the thing. Like, And, and I feel like as of late, every every time you see the Red Wings put a puck in the net, it's like a you know, Dylan Larkin goal, Dylan Larkin goal, Dylan Larkin assist. He's involved in everything. He's got 56 points in 54 games. If he continues at the pace he's on right now, I think he's only missed one game this year. But he's on pace for 80-plus points with his career high being 69 points in the 21 season last year, and he missed, I think, like 10 or 10 games or so. So, again, you know, I understand the sentiment of, like, they're, like Dylan Larkin is such a polarizing player of, like, is he a number one center? And I have died on the hill that, yes, he is. And even if you don't, like, even if you don't put him up there in the category as, like, a superstar or an elite player – 
he's still like he he is incredibly responsible in all three zones. He can play on both special teams units. He's pretty damn good at the faceoff dot. He scores goals. He sets up plays. The offense runs through Dylan Larkin. Now the trick is, as I've said for years, is putting the right guys around him. And Lucas Raymond seems like like this like the Red Wings want Lucas Raymond to be the right winger on Dylan Larkin's line until these guys hang the skates up, and deservedly so. Lucas Raymond had a slow start to the year. He kind of found his game a bit. I mean, I, I feel like he's kind of been under the radar the entire season, and now he's hurt, um, which sucks. But on that other wing, like, you know, it's usually Burt and Larkin and Raymond. Now, I think as time has gone on, you know, the lust for Tyler Bertuzzi kind of dwindles for me every single year. It now sounds like they're not really interested in trading him because they're looking to make a push at the playoffs, which I think is great. But um, I don't know if Bertuzzi's a free agent after this season or if it's the next year, but for a guy that's hurt literally all the time, I don't know what kind of money he expects to get. And I guess the, you know, the whole argument with this is like, oh, well, on a good team, Tyler Bertuzzi's playing on the second or third line. I don't really think it fucking matters. I, I really don't. Like, look at the composition of some of these lines in the NHL. Like, not every single top line in the league are three superstars. Like, it's the line combinations matter, and they're called line combinations for a reason. Like, you need you need someone that can drive the offense and possess the puck and, and make plays. You need a guy that can shoot the puck and score goals. You need a guy that's not afraid to go in the corners and mix it up and be the first guy in hard on the forecheck and 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 get and jump the play from from the corner. Like that's like you need different aspects of that. Now I think Tyler Bertuzzi is, you know, it's it's this weird thing with Bertuzzi because it's like I feel like every single year he shows you something in these flashes where you're like, God, this guy's a piece. And then he takes like one half of a step back. And it's like, what are you really getting out of this guy? But the bottom line is this team is so much better than they were last year. They have better players. They're more talented. They're harder to play against. They still struggle a bit defensively to get the puck out in their own zone. Um, I, I think like one of the bigger things for me is just, like the less time you can fuck around with the puck in your own zone, the better off you're going to be. The wings spend a ton of time in their own zone. They still give up a ton of shots. Um, defensively, they haven't been tremendous. They're getting better. I mean, Philip Ronick's had a great year offensively. Oli Mata, I believe, was just signed to a – I'm pretty sure it was a two-year extension for three mil a year for a guy that – like I felt like 10 games into the year, like matched his point total from last year. So to pay Oli Mata $3 million a year for the next two years to probably play on your third pair, assuming that your, your defense gets that much better. Like you're not going to hear me crying about it. He's earned it. He's he's, this is the best year offensively he's had maybe in his career without looking at the numbers. And he's been incredibly serviceable on the blue line. He looks very comfortable. Um, The only two, like the only two things that, bother me and, and there's still like there's still so much time in these guys contract but between Sherratt and Cop you probably are looking for a bit more like Sherratt hasn't been as good defensively this season as you may have liked I mean Cop's kind of coming around now as being that setup guy on his line but you know the Kuba leaks and like Michael Rasmussen's taken such a big step this year and they move him to the wing and he's been excellent like they let him be an alternate captain in, the, in, in one of the games this year or something I don't know if he's still wearing an A on his chest but just goes to show the step he's taken after being drafted as this like six foot five power forward center that like it just didn't really work out. And now he's like, he's just a big body on the wing that like he's found his role. Joe Valeno has been better. Jonathan Bergeron has been a treat. So they like guys are coming along. 
It's just a matter of finding guys last time, Rabs. Bergren. Is it, how do you say it? Is that correct? Bergren? Bergren, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Bergren. He's good. I just don't know how to say his name. Yeah, I mean that's like they they have these pieces that can 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 play. It's just a matter of again, you have to play from your net out, and they don't do a tremendous job of defending throughout their through their four lines and their three D pairs. And you you need to find high level scoring on any given night. And and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. It usually comes from Dylan Larkin and his line, but you know, to find that secondary scoring is not easy. And I think the wings are still in this weird limbo of like trying to feel out these guys they have on expiring deals. Like, you know, where they stand with Adam Ernie, they sent him down to Grand Rapids. It sounds like Jacob Rana is playing tomorrow night. I have no clue what the plan is for him. I don't know if they're trying to give him a couple games to showcase him and deal him off or something. I have no idea, but like that's a legitimate viable scoring threat who in the, in the limited amount of games you've seen has been really, really good. Um, and then you have, you know, a guy like Philip Zadina, who I think came back and in his first game scored a goal back with the wings. So, um, you know, I mean, he's under that's contract. It's happened of all time, but okay. Well, I mean, but still good for him. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, he's got another year or two left on his deal. So, I don't know. I mean, while you're in while you're in this spot, you have to ride it out because I don't think that this fan base cares to see you sell, your, sell the whole team at the deadline for what? And, like, this camp of, like, you know, of, like, I don't think anyone's really in the trade Larkin camp. Like, you know, maybe the trade Bertuzzi camp. Like, my question is just, like, what? Like the value that these guys have on this team right now is that they've played together for a while. And like, like this is the Red Wings right now. Like, like this is the team, like they have constructed this roster to be in the spot that they're in right now. Like, I don't think that this, that they're look like they, I don't know what anyone sees in this lineup. That's like, Oh yeah. If we trade, if we trade, Bertuzzi, if we trade Fabry, if we trade this, that, and the other, like we will be closer to success than without having this guy here. Like they've been playing good hockey. I think this is a group that likes to play together and has been playing a lot better together. So in my opinion, like let's roll the balls out. If there's other fringe guys that you want to deal like a Robert Hag or, or, or I don't know, a Jordan Osterley, if like if teams need depth, like defensively, not that you're not going to have to as a team that's probably going to make the playoffs or hopefully make the playoffs, but I guess fine. But I just like, don't, I, I think that you're closer. I'd rather see this team in the playoffs than miss it by a second because they decided to sell the whole team and they're, they're sitting in like the 10 to 15 draft range. Like you're probably going to get bounced out of the playoffs pretty quickly. Just get yourself in. You know, I'm like, that's where it lands for me. You got to pay Dylan Larkin. The problem is now the waiting game you've played. He's been so good as of late. Like you're not, you're not helping your cause if you're Steve Eiserman because he's, he's playing like he deserves more money. Rebs, how much you want to give him though? That's like, that's, I mean, uh, I mean, you have to give him eight years. I'd like, I mean, I would say, I'm fine with that. I think it's, it's not the years, right? It's the month. It's the, yeah, it's the dollar amount. And I, like, I, if you could get them for eight and a half to eight seven five, I'd be clicking my heels down the hallway. The problem is he probably wants north of nine, and I think the way he's been playing as of late, he's made a really good case for himself. So I'm sure I would like to think he would take a hometown discount, and I would like to think – I mean, but it also – he also strikes me as someone – like I'm not that concerned if they don't get this deal done at, like before the deadline. 
I'm really not like I, I and I know that they they should and like you probably feel like they have to but I don't know eight for eight seven five and I would be loving it and he gets to be a 64 plus million dollar man and we get to you know you get your captain for the next eight years that if you really really feel like he can't cut it as a first line center which I think is stupid then okay you know there's plenty of teams that that pay guys more than they should make that are not playing in roles that they're making money for like that just it just the way it works and is, is that a bad contract for Dylan Larkin I would say no it's not He's he brings more to the table than just points. It's it's the it's defense and situational awareness and being able to play on special teams and being able to be serviceable in all three zones like that. I'm sorry. Yes. All three zones. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I I think if they give him nine and a half, he'll take it. Right. Well, yeah, I yes, but I don't think the Wings want him north of nine. But but, but the like, thing about it, Rabs, is he goes to the open market. I, he's gonna get a ten, probably from someone. God, I get, and that's the thing that I just don't know what other teams think of Dylan Larkin. I have no idea because I don't. You don't see any like okay. So what is the trade package for Dylan Larkin? If like if you're gonna offer him up. What is the package? I have no idea. I don't know what teams think of him because the reality is like if he were to go to another team, what is he going to go to a team that's going to want him to be their first line center and they're going to pay him 10 plus, or is he going to go to a team that needs a guy that can play online too and be, you know, and just be another weapon to have. And like, now you're probably whatever, whatever team Dylan Larkin's the number two center on probably has the best, depth down the middle in the league. Like I like seriously, I, I can't I just really don't get the whole argument about why he can't be a number one center. I, I mean I like whatever. But I don't know. They, they just have one Rabs, that's why. That's the argument. And I don't think that's his fault. No, I don't think it is either. I, I really but don't I, that that's the argument that they've if this guy is going to be so elite at some point he's gonna carry his team to the playoffs. And guess what? He might be doing it this year. Yeah, so. I mean, dude, could you imagine watching this? I mean, I would be so fired up to see this team. And they can. They can. Seven and three in their last ten, playing a Washington team that's been down as of late, and they're right ahead of them in the standings. Like, to me – They have every opportunity to make the playoffs. Let's see if they do it. They that's... do. They do, absolutely. And hope, you know, hopefully they get Raymond back soon. And I know it's been – I'm sure Derek, Derek Lalone's having a tough time with this lineup now because – more and more guys are becoming available. They're going to insert Jacob Vrana against Washington. I'd like to think that they could just fucking play him in the middle six for the love of God. I don't need to see him on the fourth line. Just let him play. I don't know what the plan is. Are you going to trade him? Is he going to play? I don't know. It's Villa crazy what's been good happening. Too. It is. Villa Huso has been good. What's the deal with Nadelkovich? I have no idea. The writing's yeah. on the wall. I wish Sebastian Kosa was having a better year in Toledo. He's not. I don't know what to tell you. You got to play the games. Play the games. Yep. Um, okay. That's Red Wings talk. They play. Rams, you actually, I, you just, you just got me pretty juiced for the rest of the. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, gonna they're lie. fucking in, dude. They're like, they're, they're like I said. Florida has 64 points. They've played 60 games. The Wings have 60 points. They've played 55 games. They're right there. We're talking about a team that has what? They've played 55. What's 82 minus 55? Uh, uh, 22, maybe. Is it? Girls and majors. 
Hang on. Let me add it up. Everyone shut up. What did I just say? 82. 27. Okay. 27 games left. Win 18 to 20 games. Gosh, that Why was not? So, just do was, it. That was so bad. I'm just just go win up. the games. Because like I yeah. said, all these teams are locked up. Every single team I'm looking at right now is the same fucking team in this wild card race. There's no one, nobody. The Islanders made their move. They got Bo Horvat. Sorokin's a great goaltender. Fair enough. Fine. I get it. They're a really good defensive hockey team. They struggle to score. Hopefully Bo Horvat changes that for them, I suppose. Pittsburgh, it's been dog shit as of late. Washington, dog shit as of late. Buffalo, not better than you. I don't care what anyone says. Just win the games. They can. The hungry dog runs faster. Yep. All right. That's Red Wings talk. Let's do a trifecta and let's go to bed. All right. Sounds good. Um, The return of this, since I think we, we stopped doing it when we do the picks, right? So, I mean, it's been probably like months. I don't know. Not that it matters. This is just the grand reopening of Collins. What happened? What are you betting on? TCU, Kansas. <laughs> What, Wait, what, are you, what? what are you what are you tantruming about? What happened? Just, I, I wouldn't have called that in that situation, but college college basketball officiating is the worst thing to ever happen to the I mean, just awful. It's been like really bad this year. It's a national storyline. But anyways, more on that later, potentially. Um Trent's trifecta. Question number one. This was inspired by Rav's Twitter timeline, but also my own personal music taste. I love Rihanna. I'd love her. I, oh. Collins, I know you probably love her too because you just love appreciate her. Listen, one thing that I like about Collins is he just really appreciates hits and like hit makers and like cars. <laughs> like, like Collins just knows when a song is good. Like sometimes I'll be like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really like that blinding light song by the weekend. It's kind of flashy. And Collins is like, what are you talking about, dude? That's like my favorite song right now. So that's great. Yeah, by the way, I, this is a very random thing, but keeping on the weekend, I, me not following TikTok or like not having any understanding what's going on there is like it, it leaks in to like regular radio. Let's say like sometimes I don't have the aux on. I'll just throw on like the the top forty station for like ten minutes while I'm driving. Yeah. Today I'm listening and Die for You by the Weekend is on. That song came out seven years ago, and it's on the Starboy album, right? Yeah, and it's a good song. It's a very good song, but I've never been more confused in my entire life. Then I was like, huh? Yeah. So TikTok just revives songs and they become hits again. But yeah, I, no, literally, that's that's what TikTok is. By the way, are we 0 for 3 on TikTok on this podcast? I don't have yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it. Can't afford it. Why <laughs> can you afford it? Just can't. No time. Don't have the money for it. Don't have it on the books. Well, okay. My question before we get Sorry. derailed here, my question is how many like Female performers, and the only reason I say female is because there's like there there it's its own genre, like it's its own echelon of like Beyonce and Madonna and like the one namers. Rihanna's a one namer. How many like female performers are actually better than Rihanna at this point, dude? She was just she was just rolling out hits. She could have she could have the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm talking about, of course, she could have performed for two hours. Pregnant too. Pregnant Pregnant too. Looked great. I I will say this. I said this to my buddies too. Is that my computer? Uh, it's not mine. Rabs. What? Did you hear that mute? There was someone was like on social media. I don't know. Something was happening. I don't think it was me. Okay. It's but, gone uh, now. What was that? Where was I? I was in the middle of something. Oh, Rihanna. So 
the thing about Rihanna is she might be the best like feature artist on any song like ever, especially in the hip hop. Like if Rihanna's a feature on your song, it's just a jam, absolute yeah. jam. And Sneaky, I don't think it gets appreciated enough. Good girl, good girl gone bad is probably like a top 10 album in the last 25 years. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you're not going to hear any disagreement over here. I, I, I'm asking this question because... Like, oh, artists and what I... Like, by hits. How about that? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I literally... Successful, success, one of the most successful albums. Umbrella is one of the most successful songs I can remember being as a kid, right? When you say that? Yes. And I... I, I don't even know where I'm going. I'm trying to think of anyone else. Like, I've, 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 I think I've said this on this podcast. I like Rihanna better than Beyonce. That's no, I think I, I, I think a lot of people easy. do. And, well, here's the thing: I do not. Different but I style understand of performers. The yeah, they're they're completely different. And the reason I'm asking this question is because I will always beat the drum for Beyonce, but I will hear anyone out who thinks Rihanna is like the female performer of this generation because she absolutely I think, could be. I think her. I think Beyonce is probably it's either Beyonce or T Swift. I think those are the two most fan based like like crazy like driven fans but rihanna's just like because she's more low-key she doesn't really i don't know i mean she has well, like top 40 i don't i don't always need the lemonade i don't always need the folklore i can do the like i i, I can do the just one like give me snm i can do it it's yeah but great. she also hasn't like chemo music ever i mean she had that song that was in black panther this year which was a jam Lift me up. Lift me up. Oh, Rabs, cool. Let's get Rabs in the mix. Rabs, because you're you, Rabs, you, like, you love Rihanna. I know you touched it us. Well, I you know, here's the thing. It's not really in my like wheelhouse of the music that I like, but I, I feel like it's been so long since we've seen Rihanna that when she I mean she comes out and like it's just song after song after song. I do think she's better than Beyonce. But just like just the banger she has is unbelievable. I would say if you're, if you're talking about like best female performers, I'm probably partial to Adele because I think Adele has an unbelievable voice and like that music is more my speed. But I mean, the halftime performance was unbelievable. I know she's pregnant. She couldn't move around much. If that's the argument for people of like, oh, it wasn't that good of a performance. She wasn't doing much. Well, she's pregnant so take it easy. She's pregnant, asshole. She's been take it easy. But the the catalog is unbelievable. I mean, she's just got like those are and maybe Beyonce's like I would even say Beyonce's like a little bit before our not before our time. Well, yeah, Rihanna's more like with, listen, real quick. Beyonce's whole thing is like, okay, she was huge in Destiny's Child, which was like late 90s, and then she turned into this icon and she like, I don't know how to describe this, but like to Colin's point, she almost like she it, it's a different job. Like they're different styles of performers because Beyonce puts together these like projects and these like works of art that are like really like nuanced. And like that's the whole, and there's like a music video for every song. And it's like really and then Rihanna just makes hits. So, I mean, it is what it is. It just it just comes down to what you want more. And Rabs, I saw you were tweeting all about how like you completely forgot there was even a game going on. Oh, I was, it was, I, dude, I was, I literally, I mean, it was so good. I was just like, holy, I fuck, I totally forgot that like the rest of the game has to be played. I was so yeah. swooned by it. 
How do you like? What do you think Drake feels like about? Like he probably like hates his life every time. Like was he dating Rihanna? What do you mean? Yeah, I think he was back. at one point. Yeah, I don't think Drake cares, dude. He's got so much. I why would you care if you have that much money? Because Drake is the most powerful human being on the planet besides LeBron James. <laughs> You're it's watching her LeBron in no set. order. In no order. LeBron, uh, Drake, Elon Musk. By the Joe way, Rogan. people were saying ASAP Rocky's an equal to Rihanna. Just not. Yeah. We E-list. all know who wears the pants in that family. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will usher in our second question. And this was inspired by Ryan Collins' trip to Madison. What is the best Big Ten town that is not East Lansing? If you had to pick one. I will give my answer real quick. Champaign, Illinois. Loved it. Really? Yes, absolutely loved it. Loved my time there. I was 19, drinking at the bar where you can legally do that there. It's an unbelievable law. You can drink at 19 in Champaign, Illinois. How is that possible? I don't know. I did it. I'm not trying to incriminate myself here. Well, all the Illinois bars, I know this, all the Illinois bars are 18 and up. Okay, well, maybe that's what it is. or to go. I I know it's 18 and up to go, but it's like, it's very, they play fast and loose there, I think. Fast and loose. Well, that's that's probably <laughs> that's probably what it is. I I don't mean to incriminate myself, but yes, yeah. I had a great time. The one time I went to Champagne, it was awesome. Trent, I'm gonna be honest. I've heard because they have two campuses. It's a Champagne and Urbana. Did you go to both of them? I've only been to Champagne. I hear that one campus is really nice, and the other one's like a shithole. So I don't even know what I, the, dude, I, I don't know. I never, I did not see the place in daylight. I, I only saw it from the hours of like 9 p.m. When this, I, I, the game I covered there was like a super Tuesday. So I didn't get out until like probably 11. And then, yeah. What we just game went, was that? It was, it was the game where it's Tillman put back dunked cash. Oh, that was a good miss. game. It was a great game. Two years, That's two a, years I, I mean, is that a good place to watch a game? I think that factors into it too. Yes, dude. The Orange Crush is unbelievable. Their student section, like, okay, I don't want to say anything controversial because I know they had they recently had some like mishap with their whole. That was really funny, actually. Yes, but... I, I don't, and I don't even know what happened, so I'm not going to get into that. But the, the Orange, the, the environment in there was pretty awesome. Their fans are very passionate. They got a good program. I like Brad Underwood. Great place to watch a game, in my opinion. Personally. Okay. Um, can you name the places you've been, Trent? Uh, yeah, those. There, I've been to Madison. I've obviously been to Ann Arbor. Um, I've been to West Lafayette. I've been to where is Indiana? Bloomington. I've been there. Not wasn't impressed. Um, really? Yeah, I just think it's. I it got a lot of got a lot of run. I finally got there, and I was like, "This is it." I, I, whatever. I don't know. Um, I've been to Columbus. Columbus is great. I will say that. I don't know. That, I think that's it for me. I haven't been to like the East Coast teams. I haven't been to. Uh, I really want to go to Iowa. That's like one of the ones I haven't been to, and I hear awesome things about Iowa City as a college town. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I think there's a little bit like there's like a divide in the Big Ten, and I've probably been. I haven't been to Iowa City. I've been to. I'm planning on going to Minneapolis next year, but I guess that's more of a yeah, city school. It's like a cheat code, kind of. No, but I guess that's more of a city school. It's like it's legit one of those universities that's within the city. So we'll see how I like that. But um, I'm going to Minnesota. I haven't been to Illinois. Obviously, I haven't been to Rutgers yet. That'll be a great day when I get to go to the rack. Um, 
Ann Arbor and like Madison and Columbus are kind of weird because I think there's also a sense of like there, there's a big city within the college town. Sure. So, um, and it depends what like floats your boat. And like, obviously, like Bloomington and East Lansing are very similar. I loved State College when I went there, loved it. See, that's think, one that like I think I would love to. I just haven't been there. It's very similar to Michigan State. Um, the campus kind of spread out. I mean, they're very similar schools. They're both good at the same things. Um, but the football atmosphere for a tailgate is the best I've probably ever seen. It was incredible. So they is that your answer? Um, miles answer. and miles. I, the thing I'm going to say, Trent, I think it's going to kill you. I, Ann Arbor? I really liked Bloomington. Oh, oh, Bloomington. No, I, I Bloomington, I got nothing against it. I just was like not. Did I, you go I, downtown, like where all the bars are and stuff? Yes, yes. I just, I, I heard. It's really cool. I heard a lot about it, and I guess I was, just, it was fine. I just wasn't. I went there for, for a football for example, game too, Trent. I wasn't there for a basketball game. Okay. See, I was there for basketball. I will say this though, like the reason Champagne lives in like live lives up on a pedestal for me is because I literally had zero expectations going there, and I had a great night after a great win, and it was a lot of fun. So I had, I, and, and in the morning we got breakfast at this diner that was phenomenal, and I wish I could remember the name so I'd give them a free ad, but we don't do free ads. So. Well. Rabs, I want you in the mix. How many have how many have you been to? Just I think it matters. I haven't made my decision yet. I think it matters who you go with, how you do it, how long you're there, and all that stuff. Um, but where have you been? I just I'm trying to think what I was my favorite other than state. I think I've only been to East Lansing and Ann Arbor. Really? Yeah. But I would have to say if I Not, had to pick, you never been to Columbus for like a baseball tournament or anything? No, I never have. And I, I think I'll probably be in Columbus this summer. I would like to think. I've got uh my one of my best friend's girlfriend is from Columbus and she talks it up a lot. I have to imagine I would probably love Columbus. It sounds like it's a good time, so I'm gonna probably say Columbus without ever having been there. It is certainly not Ann Arbor. That's I will cross I, that off the list. I will say this about Ann Arbor as the age we are now i love going to ann arbor you know what i mean yes yes i will give ann arbor it's due if you are not in undergrad couldn't stand it but as a as a 25 year old now that like will go out casually like they have a good number of restaurants you can usually find something you like a couple of the bars like the under not underground but under the radar bars are sweet like there's there's enough to, fun to be had out there no it's it's a cool city. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I campus wise, it's a weird. The pe- I don't most know. the people suck. Uh, well, that's more the thing. To, sucks to drive around. That I will say this, Rebs. My one of my buddies who I worked with in Toledo was telling me because he never been to East Lansing before, and he uh, went for the Michigan Michigan State game, and he's like, "Dude, the traffic in East Lansing is nothing like I've ever seen it before." I'm like. Don't you go to every Michigan game? <laughs> yeah, it's so much worse. You know, our traffic is awful. It's awful. It's one of the, I mean, when I lived in that area for about like three months, it's awful. That's like my least favorite part of that city. I actually like the city. Like you said, I hate the university. It's a completely different oh, thing. Yeah. And the pro, I will say this too, to be fair to Michigan. I, I mean, Chrysler's a dud. Like you go there. It's. I went to my first game at Chrysler. I watched OSU and U of M. It's, I, it's a very, very nice venue, 
But it's, it's just like a dud. It's so different. dark in there, and the student section is so bad. It's terrible. It's yeah, the worst I, student section I would argue. It's all bad. It's terrible. And, and nice bathrooms, nice concessions, really nice building, like you said. It's just a dud. I I will say this. I don't think I've ever done a Michigan football game the correct way. Like I've, I've gone a couple times, so I, I will give that the benefit of the doubt. Like I would like to see it like in – like the golf course, you know what I mean? I don't know if you've done that, Rabs, before. I've been to the golf course before, yeah. I I, I would just like to see it once or twice. Well, like, Collins, would, it's, not your never... fault that, it's not your fault that they schedule a shit non-conference and you can never really go before the Big Ten season starts, you know? It's yeah, I, I would never, ever go unless Michigan State was playing, but I also will probably never go to the Big House again. I've been there twice. I, I I don't need to see another game. I don't. I, I'm. It's I just a ter- it, it, for a bigger game. It's a terrible viewing experience, especially when it's cold. <laughs> it is. No, I it's, just I'm I'm just la- I don't I have no opinion on it. I'm just laughing because we are just ripping Michigan on this podcast, and it's I, it, it just happens sometimes. I'm not even ripping Michigan. I'm just saying like it is. Uh, it is a tough place to watch a game when it's cold, and I would be in. <laughs> That it's just a weird place. It's legit a hole on the ground. It yeah. doesn't feel like a hundred. It's really weird. It's a, I mean, very historical, whatever. And the outside of the stadium's cool, but once you get inside, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, I, West Lafayette. Last thing I say, dude, like, you gotta Trent. You make them pick a city. What are we doing? <laughs> I just want to say this: West Lafayette probably has one of the best college bars I'll ever go to. Harry's. Is a Harry's in Detroit? Not that Harry's. It's called Harry's Chocolate Shop. Probably Ooh. one of the coolest college bars you could ever go. It's just the problem with West Lafayette. That's like the only bar. <laughs> it's like you have to go to like 15 minutes outside of the city to go to another like cool bar. I guess so. Yeah, it's like Salt Lake I, City. All the people. Yeah, no, it's not like that. I mean, West Lafayette surprised me because I thought it was gonna be a shithole. It's a very nice campus. There's just not a lot to do there. But I would probably say Trent, uh, getting all the way back to it because. I like Michigan State. I like Penn State because it's very similar to what I like. Okay, that's a good answer. I, I want to get out there. Never have been. I, I would like to get to all the Big Ten campuses. Like, there's some easy ones that I could check off, like Evanston, Illinois. I could I could probably I've do been that. Oh, sure. yeah, I've been to Evanston. Yeah, not, no, not. Ugh. It's not really a college town. It's not, yeah. Well, I'm just saying I would like to at least be, you know, Shit, how people do, like, I want to do – the Midwest, you know, I graduated from Michigan State. I want to go to all the Big Ten campuses. Like, I just want to be able to say that. I don't know. I just, whatever. No, all for right. sure. And Evanston, you can do, you can actually, because it's close to Chicago. You can just do to Chicago. Right. And just stop Like, by. I'm just going to go to Chicago for the weekend, catch a state game, and then get out. Yeah, for sure. All right. Final question. We've been going for like an hour and a half. This has been a great reunion. We are still here. We're still here. Um. This is this is gonna be quick. Uh, USFL starts back up soon. Well, um, what are you What are you about to ask? Well, listen, the Michigan Do Panthers. I care? Are, no, no, no. The Michigan Panthers are playing in Ford Field, so I want to ask you. I mean, if like, would you would you pay to go to a Michigan Panthers game? Like, would you pay twenty bucks to go watch the Michigan Panthers in Ford Field and crush some beer? Would you do 100%. it? Hundred percent. I would definitely I would, do it. See, I would too, Collins. I think it sounds really fun, but I feel like it depends what day it that. is, though. If it's a Saturday, probably not. Okay, it makes any sense? It makes sense. But Rabs, what would you do? This would you even consider? No, I no. Look, <laughs> I root for one. I root for two football teams, three football teams: Novi Wildcats 
Michigan State University and the Detroit Lions. I I this the XFL in USFL in the Arena Football League's coming back too. I don't it, wait. The care. Arena Football League's coming back. Yes, it is. The Detroit Fury used to be unbelievable. I can't miss can't miss TV. That was an all time ninety seven one drop. Rest in peace, Jamie Samuelson. Yes, I Fury love touchdown. Detroit. I love the Detroit <laughs> Fury. Um, I also used to watch the Detroit Demolition, the Women's Football League. You ever see that? The lingerie league? No, no, no. Like women's padded football. No, like real football. I did not see that. My dad took me to a couple a game or two. Anyways, I don't care about the USFL and I don't, I don't either. care I don't about either. the XFL. No, I would not spend money to go because I don't care. I don't. Okay. And I don't that think anyone hey, should not caring, Rabson. Hey, I can go to Ford Field, spend fifteen dollars on a ticket, probably have five or six beers. And have a good time. Maybe go to the casino after. Maybe go to another bar after. I understand that, but what you don't, I don't want you think. What I don't think you're hearing is that I don't care. Is the problem? <laughs> Do you I, care about like the, the USFL? The USFL and the XFL. I don't know whose teams are in what or what the difference between the leagues are, but I like the football. I love football. I love football. Football, to me, is played in the fall. If you're going to watch football year-round, it takes away from the luster of having football in the fall, in my opinion. You get that little bit of a break. You get amped up for college football season. Then you get the NFL, and that's how you go. I don't have it in my heart to root for another team. I don't care they're from Michigan. I don't care if they win anything. It doesn't mean anything. I have a hard enough time rooting for my pro football team. That's where my energy goes. I don't care. Please don't ask me to go to a game. I'm not going to spend money in the building, and I have no interest. I don't care if they win every single game and they win the chance. It means nothing, nothing. And anyone in the, anyone here on this the argument, Rabs, what was the question? <laughs> That's plainly not the argument. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you ask what I go? I understand that you don't care about the team. Correct. I don't care about the team. I but want to there's a difference between like, hey, I'm gonna throw 25 bucks on this game. I'm gonna go to Ford Field, make a day out of it. No. Okay, that's fair then. All right, that's, so that's my answer is no. I don't want the to. The spirit okay. of the question was more like, okay, last year they all played. I think they played all their games like Alabama. Birmingham, this year yeah. they're finally be- like I I say finally like we've been waiting for this. This year they're playing their games at Ford Field. So I just was wondering <laughs> you living a stone's throw no. away if you would ever consider going. No, and I don't understand. And your answer is loud and clear. I get it. You're fine. I don't understand how either of these leagues, how many times do these leagues have to reinvigorate themselves and get crushed before they stop doing it? Like, how many times do they have? It doesn't work. It will never work. Now, if you told me the Michigan Panthers were a direct feeder team to the Detroit Lions, maybe then I'd care. Yes. I'll give you that. If you want to tell me that the Michigan Panthers are an affiliate team of the Lions and the Lions go out there and draft C.J. Stroud and put him on the Michigan Panthers for the next season so he can play games and and be a part of the system, yes, I would care. But for whatever reason, I'm the only guy in the world that has the presence of mind to do that. So until that happens, I'm out. I don't want to go. All right, that concludes the trifecta, the return of the trifecta in our first episode in three weeks. Good show, guys. Good stuff. Yay, great show, I would say, even. We got to 
Look, it's hard when the lion. Everyone, lions give us so much to talk about. The 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 tigers are all reporting for spring training right now. Apparently, Miggy looks fat. Shocking. So we'll talk about all that Nothing stuff. Scope down fifteen pounds. Scope's down fifteen. Yep. God, hopefully he can get to get his batting average over two hundred this year. That would be awesome. Probably not. <laughs> um, we got the NHL trade deadline to talk about coming up. I don't know if there's any reason to talk about the Pistons for the rest of the year, to be honest. Um, NFL draft is in April, correct? That'll be here before we know it. Um, so we got some good stuff coming. I'm sorry we took three weeks off. I don't know what to tell you. It just happens sometimes. The podcast is up. It's here for your viewing. We thank you for listening to today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. At some point, we will get back on Apple Podcasts. No one knows what happened. I don't know. Please don't ask me. We will figure it out. But most people, I feel like, are on Spotify. So we're on Spotify. If you like the show, please give us five stars. If you don't like it enough to give it five stars, just move on. Go listen to something else. You don't have to say anything if you don't have anything nice to say. We're also on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We are on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. You can join the conversation. If you want us to post more, what do you want us to talk about? You let me know. We are here for you. So you join that conversation, and we'll talk about whatever you want. like Anything. Life. Girls. Cars. Girls. Did you guys watch the Collins? Have you watched Full Swing? Yep, I watched it. It was great. All right, I gotta watch that. Golf. I, the thing about it is, have you guys watched Drive for Drive to Survive? Yes. I don't know how that is done, but it, I was not expecting the way they did it. The, the way they did, you know what I mean? Or absolutely like fouled two golfers in each episode, and it wasn't chronological. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to see it. Uh, it's I'll good though. If you like golf, you'll really like it. I don't know how much crossover there's gonna be though. For people who don't like golf, it's it's pretty interesting. It is really interesting, but yeah, I mean, I that's the thing. I, I I'm not a Formula One guy, but I watched Drive to Survive, and I enjoyed. I appreciate the sport now. Um, but that's it. Thank you guys for listening. We love you very much. We'll probably see you next week. If not, then just whenever the episode comes out, you can listen. So thanks, guys. We love you. <laughs>